Alright, welcome everybody. We've got uh, episode 8 of Do the Move. Uh, my name's Chad, joined here by Mr. Richie Buckets himself. Uh, we've got John, we've got Sean, Bobby, and Joey here uh, talking some more wrestling from this week. Uh, Going to go over Raw, NXT, SmackDown, Dynamite Rampage, uh, the Impact show that was in Chicago we can finally talk about since it actually aired here uh, this past Thursday. Uh, followed up by our Chef's Kiss segments and Bone to Pick. Gentlemen, we want to start off with anything? Got anything off our chest we want to talk about? No? No? All right. Richie, you're holding something in, man. The cowboy had it coming. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, sounds like we're going to be in for it here. Uh, I'm going to kick things off here. We'll start with uh, some cliff notes on Raw, a.k.a. I'm just going to read all of the results because I didn't get to watch it. Um, so we had Alexa Bliss <laughs> and Asuka defeat Nikki Ash and Dewdrop to advance to the women's tag team tighter, uh, tag team tournament semifinals. Uh, Miz and Ciampa defeated uh, Mustafa Ali and Cedric Alexander. Uh, Drew McIntyre defeated KO by DQ. Uh, we've got Riddle returning. Um, uh, I guess he started beating the shit out of Seth freaking Rollins. Uh, emphasis on the freaking, not fucking. Uh, let's see. Veer Mahan uh, came out. Looks like he had a squash match. Bobby Lashley defeated AJ Styles in a U.S. championship match. Dakota Kai defeated Dana Brooke. Theory defeated and Theory defeated Dolph Ziggler. Any thoughts on uh, Raw from Monday night, Mr. Joey? Go ahead. Thank you, sir. I think for the first time, probably since they went PG, the word wrestler was used multiple times during that promo by. Um, Drew and KO specifically by Drew. I think the line was like, we were freaking wrestlers in a freaking wrestling ring. Let's just wrestle. We're not sports entertainers. We're not superstars. We're just wrestlers. Paraphrasing, but I think just hearing that was a very calculated bullet point by Triple H just to further push the matter that, hey, these lines, these language points that have been so petty and critiqued over the years are gone. And it really, I think, added some extra oomph to Drew's promo. I've been a Drew fan for a long time, as Chad and Bob know specifically. And to me, that was his best promo I think I've ever seen. And he's been doing some pretty good work, but I think that promo was the top notch for him. Bob, go ahead. Um, I just want to say, guys, I've always had Raw in the background for, for years, just not really paying attention. But man, this week, I really paid attention. And God damn, what a good week of Raw. Top to bottom, guys. It was a great show. Um, Raw opened up with a great women's tag match, I believe. Right, guys? Um, it was... Uh, uh, was it Alexa Bliss? Uh, yeah, Alexa Bliss yeah. and Asuka defeated Nikki Ash and Dewdrop. It was a good tag match, honestly. I, I thought it was a good way to kickstart. Or, I mean, not even kickstart. They kicked it off the week before. But it was a nice way to continue with the women's uh, tag tournament. Um, we got three bangerable matches, in my opinion, with the uh, Kevin Owens... Um, Drew McIntyre match, Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles, and the main event, um, Austin Theory or Theory taking on Dolph Ziggler. Uh, Dolph is not a main event guy nowadays, but again, if you give him an opportunity, he can go out and steal the show. 
I thought those three matches were a hell, hell of a matches for this for this week. And hey, it was just the start, guys. Right on, Mr. Richie Buckets. Go ahead. Yeah, I I think that with Hunter taking over, you definitely see the pacing of the show being a lot more palatable than it has been in the past decade. Uh, just the way that things just seem to flow now as far as the show, it doesn't feel like a three-hour show that you're watching anymore. And then the random things that come out of nowhere, like Dexter Loomis comes out of like the middle of nowhere again. Like They're like teasing things, and it's just the storytelling is getting so much better. Uh, I, I guess I, I got to do like a pre-chef's kiss with that promo between KO and uh, Drew McIntyre. That definitely was fiery and passionate. It's good to, it's it's a good feeling to see that wrestlers, well, the sports entertainment, well, you can say wrestlers now, they they feel like they don't have a leash on them anymore. And it's it's really nice to see, it seems like they have joy in actually working at the company. Go ahead, Sean. Just picking up off where you left off, um, the Drew McIntyre and Kevin Owens bit was just super fire. Um, how the match finished is just testament to um, Hunter taking creative control over. And uh, if Vince were in control at that time, I guarantee uh, KO would have taken a dump would have been dumped on uh, by by Drew. Um, finishing it with a DQ finish is perfect uh, to keep Kevin Owens' momentum going forward. Um, but yeah, it, overall, Raw's just been on a roll lately. Um, looking forward to seeing where it's going. Go ahead, John. Yeah, um, so finishing off what you were just saying, uh, Sean, at the end, right, DQ finish, but they also were planting the seeds, right? Because now Kevin Owens is the prize fighter, right? He's not a joke anymore. He's he's like, I want to get all the gold. So at the end, you know, the Usos beating up Drew McIntyre, and he's like, hey, uh, Roman owes me one, right? So we'll just see where that goes. Right on. Uh, moving on, we'll go over the NXT card real quick. Uh, we had the NXT North American Championship match. Carmelo Hayes defeated Giovanni Vinci to retain. Uh, we had Gallus jumped Diamond Mine in a surprise attack. Cora Jade defeated Roxanne Perez. Tony D'Angelo defeated Santos Escobar in an all-or-nothing street fight. Uh, Mandy Rose defeated Zoe Stark to retain the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, Bron Breaker defeated J.D. McDonough to retain his title. And looks like that's it on that. Any uh, thoughts on NXT? I know Bob and Joey are big NXT guys. Bob, go ahead. <laughs> well, I, I thank Joey for uh, for uh, getting me onto NXT, but it was another excuse me. It was another good week of uh, NXT here. Um, I thought the opening match with uh, Carmelo Hayes and Giovanni Vinci was a great way to start off the show. Lots of high flying moves between the two guys. Um, and then I thought the second best match was the Santos and uh, Tony guy, right, Joey? Tony D'Angelo. Tony D'Angelo, Mafia man himself. Correct. I thought that match was a phenomenal match between the two guys. Um, we'll see where Santos goes because he lost the match, and now it looks like he's leaving NXT. 
So we'll we'll see him soon on the main roster, hopefully after uh, Clash of the Castle. Um, overall, still another strong NXT. Go ahead, Joey. Something about NXT too, and this obviously wouldn't show up in the match results, but um, NXT UK is apparently being, I don't want to say dissolved, but more so evolved into what is reportedly called NXT Europe. They released about 10 to 12 people that have been in NXT UK for a long time. Notable guys like Trent Seven, Flash Morgan Webster, Mark Andrews were actually cut this week, released. Um, and so as a result, certain people came in, such as Tyler Bates, uh, Gallus, who, who's a pretty big faction over there. Um, the formerly B Priestley, now known as Blue Lair, Davenport showed up as well. And now there's going to be a Worlds Collide pay-per-view, actually, in um, actually on the same day as All Out. I don't know if it's earlier in the day or maybe at the same time. Just so it, being... It's a lot earlier in the day. I believe it's like at 3 or 2 o'clock our time. Nice. And so I, I really like that they're doing that earlier in the day to lead into it because you know that's going to get a lot of traction given that that is such a big weekend right now for Labor Day weekend. Um, so I'm excited that they actually are doing more crossover with it. I don't know. I think they're going to try to do it in 2023 with NXT Europe. I don't know what that looks like, but I'm, I'm just happy that they're doing something different with the company now, especially after a big pay-per-view like that to really push guys and girls that have been really busting their butts, especially a guy like Tyler Bate in the company for gosh, six, seven years. And he's only 25. He's, he legit was like 18 or 19 when he first won the belt and he needs to be utilized more. And so having them come over, even if just for a excursion, like um, Takeshka did for uh, AEW, I'm really excited for, the last Worlds Collide, which was like the last pay-per-view prior to um, COVID really in WWE, was, I thought, excellent. And so to get another one, I'm really excited for as well. This is a small note to uh, some of those appearances, Joey. I think one of them was a spoiler, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that that's a preview of my bone to pick for later on. Um, Tyler Bay came out as the UK champion, even though that episode hasn't aired yet very much like a WCW tape delay blunder or just saying who really cares. But yeah, that was a spoiler for that. Strangely. Go ahead, Sean. Just a quick question. Does that mean there's going to be a more like UK representation in the meantime on that main NXT roster until NXT Europe gets aired? I think at least for the next few weeks, um, the show is literally the same day as all out. So that's two weeks from now. Um, I hope so, especially for certain people. Only about maybe six people showed up, but they were all obviously NXT UK people. So I hope that they're at least in the mix. They, they've dabbled in the past with that. And I, I think it'll definitely help, especially with how they've utilized people like um, Natalia, AJ Styles, the Mysterios to do like cameos, but to have a more consistent excursion, if you want to call it that, I, I'd be all for, especially. Cool, cool. All right, we'll move on to SmackDown here real quick. Um, looks like Ronda Rousey got arrested to start the show. Big, uh, big deal there. <laughs> um, Toxic Attraction made their SmackDown debut. Uh, they defeated Natalia and Sonya Deville to move on to the semifinals of the Women's Tag Team Championship Tournament. Um, we had Hit Row return 
I think there is a couple people who wanted to talk about this. Uh, I'll have them interject there at the end. Um, Sheamus ended up winning the fatal five-way match to win an intercontinental title opportunity at Clash at the Castle. Uh, the Viking Raiders gave the New Day a Viking funeral. Sounds pretty whack. Uh, Liv Morgan defeated Shotzi. Uh, Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns got it on, apparently. Uh, and that was it. Any thoughts on that? Bobby? Um, again, to cap off for WWE this week, they gave me three. This is being the third great show for this week. Um, it was an amazing show. Again, I normally don't watch SmackDown, but when I tuned in this week, it was a great, great uh, tune go out. Great show to watch this week. Pardon my mix up there. Um, I thought the five-way was a phenomenal match. Probably, probably yeah, it's going to be my match of the week between the five guys. But Sammy, Sammy Zayn in Canada, the crowd was hot. I, dude, they really made me believe in Sammy, which I really, I love that. I need, we need more emotion from WWE to give us, like, to make me believe again. And I really believe that Sammy might win. He lost to Sheamus, which in story, yeah, I'm going to want it more later on. And, hey, we're going to get Gunther and Sheamus at Classic with Castle. That's going to be that's good. Um, and I also did enjoy um, seeing Toxic Attraction on SmackDown, more women's wrestling, and they're building the tag team division. Um, and then, um, yeah, overall, it was a great show, guys. Um, JT? Yeah, um, I agree with Bob. That was that match when I was watching it, Fatal Five Way. Uh, I had a little bit of CBD oil myself, my system, but that match was fire. I rewatched it again, and it it is fire. Uh, just usually, you know, any you know triple threats, fatal four ways, that ways they get super messy, right? But the pacing for that match was perfect, and I love how like Sammy we had to go back, you know, to the back. So now the crew, yeah, I was like booing, and now they're you know the energy levels. And I was like middle, and I was like down low. Then towards the end, you see him walking out, and then the energy levels just went up to a hundred. Man, that's how that story should go. That is great, like storytelling. If you're just listening to just the crowd, and I think every wrestler knows that when someone's having a good match, you gotta listen to the crowd, right? Um, Another thing I don't really like (laughs) uh, is Ronda Rousey. Every time she speaks, it it doesn't sound like she believes in what she's saying, right? A uh, good example for a person that's improved, uh, Roman Reigns. Earlier, Roman Reigns, every time you see him talk, it just sounds like he's just talking really monotone. He has that low voice, but it's just no nothing that he believes in. But it's got power to it. Yes, but now you can just man, just uh, yeah, just powerful man, powerful voice. Just everyone loves him in Montreal. Okay, Sean. One early chef's kiss for the Bailey and uh, Michael Cole interaction throughout the uh, tag team match. I was very entertained there. Um, the Fatal Five Way match, a lot of fun, especially uh, the Sami Zayn pop. Um, kind of didn't expect it at this. At, part of me um considering his momentum of late um but hopefully they carry 
do something with that going forward. Um, and lastly, Hit Row's rap. So cringe. I, I, I was just listening to it. Just, it was rough. If there's any, uh, any time to rely on some writers, that might have been the time for them. Rich, go ahead, buddy. Yeah. Um, ah, the hit row thing was bad. <laughs> uh, and that's not going to dampen the, the entire conversation because shout out to the Montreal crowd. Shout out to the Canadian fans because it's been over two years since they have came up to, to Canada. So that was definitely a hot crowd. Uh, they were into it. You know, the Sami Zayn homecoming was, that is an early chef's kiss as well. Uh, great production, but damn, we could have stopped it. The hit row thing. <laughs> like, my gosh. I mean, I, there, there have been actors that have played rappers. For instance, there's a show on Stars called P-Valley. There's a rapper by the name of Lil Murder. And... He's got some bangers and he's got some hits and he's not a rapper in real life. Top like top dollar. No, you, I was, I was rooting for you last week. Now Joey is cackling in the background. <laughs> like you let a brother down. Like I came and rep you, bro. Like, I hope you can turn yourself around, but damn, bro. That's, that's all I got to say. Go ahead, Joey. Well, I didn't know how long you would realize that top dollar is really pennies. It's, it's, but it's I, I guess it's taken a week. It is a one-off. It is a one-off. <laughs> so I'm curious to hear, and unfortunately he's not here, but how, how Brian reacts to this with whatever trash comes out of Penny's mouth next week. And of course he he's he spouted off again on social media or something related to Mark Henry's podcast about how people didn't respect him or trust him. You know, he's not really a nuisance behind doors or a struggle. And again, nobody has come to really defend him. Mark kind of acknowledged his frustrations, but top dollar, once again, talked writing checks that his rap cannot cash. And so I think this is just showing us again, that like, I think J rock from trailer park boys could have done a better rap than Top Dollar and the crew could have. If you haven't seen Trailer Park Boys, uh, big recommendation to that, by the way. Know what I'm saying? So as a result of that, I'm just happy that it's already being shown that this is really, I think, Triple H's first big mistake in terms of hiring back people is Hit Row as a result. So I'm happy that people are seeing the light and realizing that this was not a good move. Maybe they can be salvaged in the ring, but my goodness... Hire somebody that was just on AEW, like Lil Scrappy. Hire him to, to, to write the raps that are something. Give him a producer credit. I don't know. Sean, go ahead, man. That, that's what I got. Thank you, Richie Buckets, for seeing the light. I wouldn't necessarily say it was a mistake to hire in the back, but if there was ever a uh, time to say, like, they need some leadership representation in their group, last last friday was that time maybe not so the first week but that second week man the swerve absence is very apparent now 
Yeah, I, I'll echo the same thing, Sean, because damn. Uh, I, I'm a man that, that can, you know, swallow his pride a little bit. I, I was excited for, for Top Dollar and, and Hit Row. So, but this is, let's, let's hope this is a one-off, but that was bad. Um, like, I felt bad for my Canadian brethren and sisters because uh, that was terrible. That's all I got to say about it. But overall, great, great crowd. We'll just let that blunder go. I uh, did want to add one quick thing. Uh, news came out today, Double J, apparently released by the WWE um was it made official i know there's a lot of rumors and a lot of random pages uh tweeting that uh, but it looks like he is gone from the company uh moving on to aew uh we had another another gimmick dynamite on wednesday uh this one uh commemorating the game of thrones house of the dragon uh series that's coming out um, so we started off with CM Punk coming out and well, there's a lot of controversy about this one. Uh, first things first, he called out hangman, uh, which according to reports online was not supposed to happen. Nobody knew it was going to happen. Uh, and uh, according to the interwebs, uh, that was going back to previous comments hangman made about punk, uh, in their, one of their promo battles uh leading into their match in which punk had uh won the championship and uh, i think hangman said sent some things on a podcast or an interview as well about veterans in general uh and then we had mox come out and they brawled for a good three or four minutes uh obviously after their verbal sparring but uh that didn't seem like it wanted to end uh it's a little much in my opinion um, we had the two out of three falls match in which Brian Danielson, uh, beat Mr. Daniel Garcia. Uh, we had a Ricky, the dragon steamboat appearance as well. Uh, moving on, we have a uh, private party, uh, taking on Swerve in our glory, uh, in a match on rampage this Friday. So that'll interview with them. Uh, Tony Nese was about to have a match and Moxley attacked him from behind and called out Punk again and continued their brawling. Um, not really necessary in my opinion. I think the one and done deal is, was good enough. Uh, we had the Varsity Blondes versus the Gun Club and the Gun Club just beat the shit out of them. It wasn't even a match. It was maybe a minute or two in length if that um we had uh billy ass come come out and uh, the gun club turned on him and we had the acclaim come out to uh make the save scissor me daddy uh we had jungle boy uh come out and call a promo on mr christian cage and beat the shit out of him uh, we had tony storm versus kylan king uh it was a pretty decent match kylan uh held her own there uh but as we all would have assumed tony storm uh <laughs> got the victory there fuck you joey uh and then for our main event we had andrade el idolo roosh and dragon lee versus the young bucks and their mystery partner guys i wonder who was gonna be the partner all along can i say it say can it I say it kenny oh man now 
I wish he said Rainmaker. That's what I the... thought he was going to say. I was like, you're going to say the wrong shit, dude. We're all here for it, though. Um, and not only did Kenny return, but Don Callis returned as well. And Don Callis was on commentary. I was kind of surprised about that because we haven't heard or seen anything from Don, I don't think, in a long time. Uh, actually, since Kenny lost the championship. So uh, pretty, pretty decent match, I would say. Um, you know, Kenny's still obviously a little banged up, had a, a brace on his shoulder. Uh, he was wearing a compression sleeves and everything as well, or a compression top, I should say. Um, but he came ready to go. Uh, hopefully he's good to go, you know, for good now. But uh, I don't I don't want to say he's 100 percent by any means. Um, obviously, the Young Bucks and Kenny uh, got the victory after that. Um, and then after that, uh, we had. Uh, Andrade uh, attacked Dragon Lee, and when he did that, Dragon Lee's mask fell off. <laughs> and then they cut, they cut everything. They showed Kenny right away, and then that was the end of the show. So, uh, post Dynamite thoughts, gentlemen. Go ahead, John. Honestly, if Hangman didn't want those comments made about Punk, he probably shouldn't have done those impromptu. Uh, are those improv statements during their feud either um in that case he had it coming uh yeah it sucks because punk all but probably buried him for with those statements but if if the reports are correct that this was a receipt um for hangman having gone into business for himself during their feud then i'd say it was all but fair for punk because in that business eye for an eye when you aren't when you aren't doing business with one another especially with a veteran the veteran is going to take it personally historically speaking um the moxley stuff i it's kind of started to make more sense to me as the show went on after they announced that the it's no longer our pay-per-view match uh to ramp up the feud for them as quickly as possible because uh to make that to make that uh dynamic work that oh they can't wait till the pay-per-view so we're gonna do this next week tune in and stuff um the uh, uh, I think I lost my other thought, so I'll just uh, pass it over to Richie. All right, thank you, Sean. So, as far as storytelling goes, they need to star power. Dynamite definitely needs to star power. Uh, Punk elevated it up to another level because the way that he can promo on the spot, whether that was a shoot promo or receipt towards Hangman on page. Uh, it definitely worked. It definitely got people talking, got us talking about it. So Punk is doing what he's got to do in order to, you know, move the num numbers and raise the needle. I know people are saying, oh, it's still under a million people that are watching, blah, blah, blah. But at, at the end of the day, uh, this was a well-suited dynamite. I'm happy that Kenny Omega is back. I am curious to see what goes along for this unification match for the AEW World Championship. 
Uh, especially it being next week. So you're having this match that we were supposedly promised at all out pay-per-view going on free television. So my theory, and I guess everybody's theory is that MJF is going to come back, screw it up somehow, or long-term storytelling. I put this in the group chat about how CM Punk is taking over the pinnacle and having MJF on the way out. That's another theory, but on Wednesday, we'll definitely get our answers. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Go ahead, Joey. This can be a larger conversation entirely, but I would love if at the end of like the dynamite conversation, depending on how much time our editor allows us to talk about the rumors about CM Punk and the backstage drama, specifically involving Cabana, now with Hangman, and just the idea of how much long-term benefit Punk has given the company or lack thereof. Rich, you kind of alluded to it with the still under a million viewers, for instance. And that seems to sort of be like that, that bar of, did they get over a million? Is the peak 1.1 million? Is the low end like in 50,000? And so I, I just think it's a worthy conversation to have because he's obviously not the highest paid guy in the company, certainly top three. I think we can all agree on that. And so I, I just like to have a deeper conversation if after other AEW comments are made, if we have time for it. Uh, JT, go ahead, bud. Yeah, I just want to say, um, you know, for a couple of months, we were kind of lacking that uh, superstar power that builds, makes people want to watch Dynamite or Rampage, right? But now finally we got CM Punk. Now everyone's hyped up about it and amped up. Now we got Kenny Omega back. I'm a little worried about him, but hey, maybe he's working all of us, right? Um, So the final person to add back into that picture is obviously mjf right because mjf and cm punk they make tarantino movies together and it's it's beautiful right i mean hey us guys went to the uh show for uh the day before uh thanksgiving it was like a 30 minute promo and it was the most entertaining like thing to see and just to witness and you can tell people around us phones out and everyone was standing up that's that's the beauty of a superstar that's larger than life that AEW needs to have more of but anyways uh hey nick why don't you go next gotta unmute yourself bro Uh, i know i'm trying to find it and i'm on my phone it's tough (laughs) no i'm gonna let bob talk first bob's been waiting and i'm just gonna no 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 no, no. i want to hear your opinion on this yeah i've seen you in like three weeks bro where the fuck you been hey i'm just you know i've been busy acknowledging my tribal chief behind me and the wise man that's right god damn it so i've just been i've just been vibing uh I, i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna just hammer the point of punk just is the goat uh, there's no you know he wakes up in the morning and pisses excellence okay ricky bobby um you know i mean the guy's back on tv and he just gets views right whether it's youtube whether it's tv he draws a rating right he is the most like he's just he's the draw he is the draw and the fact that it, hold on i'm not even we're not even talking about omega yet but we're going to talk about Omega fucking Kenny Omega being back is massive. 
massive. And like you watch his match and he's like, like, don't get me wrong. He could definitely be out of shape or he could be a little banged up still or not a thousand or, you know, a hundred percent, whatever. But like this man was wrestling what for like three years of vertigo and like a bum shoulder and all that stuff. And what did he do? He told the story in the ring about how he was out of shape, how he looked awful. Like he told that story and that story might come along in the end of him being tired. And ultimately when they face the dark order in the final at all out, which we're all going to be there pretty much, I think for the most part, maybe not Bob because I mean, he's got a broken foot, but, uh, but you know what? Like the guy's the fucking man, like getting all of that back right before the pay-per-view. I mean, the only thing that kind of sucks is like, you don't have the red dragon. You don't have Adam Cole back yet. But, like, you have your main guys, right? You have Punk, you have Moxley, which, whatever, they're probably going to have another match at All Out. Something's going to happen. Hangman, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but Hangman and, you know, Joey loves to talk about how great the rankings are in AEW and how they're so meaningful. Loves it. So Opposite, but continue. <laughs> number one. He's number one right now. He was number one as of Wednesday. Can't, why? See, hold on. Pause. Why, why can't you just let me be sarcastic for like two minutes? Because I heard I knew where you're going with it. No, not you, Chad. Joey. <laughs> you you continue. You dustpan. Idiot. Gingus is the usual phrase. No, it's dustpan. <laughs> it will always be dustpan. <laughs> listen. Let's go. Go, baby. Listen. Listen. Oh my God. Um, Hangman's number one. And he was number one before. Uh, Dynamite, if I remember correctly, right? I think so. I think I had posted the rankings going into yeah. Dynamite. Yeah, so like, maybe he... I, I don't know. I, I That's a whole other conversation that we can get into later. I'm done talking because Joey ruined it. Hangman's number one, Hobbs is two, Daniel Garcia three, Jay Lethal four, Darby Allen is fifth. Uh, has Darby had that many matches? Have they been dark matches? Nah. How's Hangman number one? When was the last time he had a match? A you know, question. on the on the um, BCE. Oh my god! He's talking with um, Dark Order in catering. <laughs> That's the match. That was the match. It was the a only, promo. The only three people, it realistically, should be Hobbs, Daniel Garcia, then Jay Lethal, and the rest of them should be under that. See, rankings don't fucking mean shit. They honestly don't, guys. Um, this week. Um, with all the drama that's coming out, I, my honest opinion, I think everybody's getting work. I This whole CM Punk is the bad guy picture. It's honestly, uh, I don't know what their angle is here. I think because that MJF shoot promo that everybody loves so much, that turned them babyface. And so now we're going to have to switch CM Punk as a heel. And I'm not, I'm not liking it, but it's the story. I think it should be the opposite way. I think MJS should be the mega asshole heel. Not only that, guys, let me ask you guys this. Who right now are their top three heels on AEW television? Not including MJF because he's not on TV. Joey. Who? Uh, Cody's not on TV. Jericho and his JS. Christian Cage. Jericho Cage is for sure one of them. Let's play Jay White. Get the fuck out of here. He's not even on TV. He's not even on TV. Dude, they Tasha Steele. Guys. AEW needs more heels and switching MJF as a babyface. I'm not digging it. I'd yeah. rather fucking boo the guy 
but I see all the internet, and I've seen some of you guys say MJF needs to come back as a fan. And I'm like, no, he, no. he's an asshole. He's a heel. And I think this, I don't like it, but they're doing it, and I, and that's why this whole CM Punk drama is coming up to light. So we can hate CM Punk. About we Chad, yep. you posted that dude burning CM Punk shirt. Come on, guys. That was that's, bad. <laughs> dude, that's a real not, mark. Not being fucking total marks, and really, I think this is the new way to get everybody talking. The internet drama, you know? So I think it's a total work. Get CM Punk heel. Have MJF show up to Chicago. They need a way for him to show up to Chicago and get the babyface reaction in CM Punk's hometown. Hold on, hold on. I, I know I'm cutting the line, but no. MJF talks so much shit about Chicago. There's no way that we're going to cheer him. But Rich, no, no fucking way that we're cheering That's why MJF. they're making us... Well, here I was gonna go with this. We got, this, like, oh, we shit. got this huge title match on on um, Dynamite this coming week, right? Why why are they giving it away so they can add Adam Page to the match at All Out? Make it a three way. So you got two That's baby what I was faces. Thinking too. You got two baby faces. You got Adam Page and John Moxley, and now you got CM Punk. Guys, I know, dude, I don't want to cheer for it, but they're gonna want to make CM Punk the mega heel in Chicago. It, if not, maybe the, the dynamite after. I don't like it. I'd rather have MJF come back and be the asshole heel. But I feel like this whole drama is leading towards this heel heel punk. It's, I just see it's it's coming from left field, and I don't like it. Go ahead, Joey. So to get back kind of, and Bob, I, I really liked your comments about what you think will happen given the MJF essentially face turn, and now he hasn't been seen for multiple months now. But I just want to, I'm going to call on each person and I just want a yes, no, or in the middle to the question. It's been a year since Punk was there. We can all agree his initial impact was insane in terms of viewership, in terms of just buzz, etc. A year though from now, so like around this time, long term, do we think he's done more good, more harm or more bad, or it's in the middle? I'm going to say in the middle, Bob, what are you saying? Good. Sean? Uh, lean upper middle. Chad? Uh, I would probably say upper middle. Um, in terms of ratings, yes, maybe. Maybe buzz. But in terms of storylines, definitely middle. Richie Buckets? I'm going to say middle low. Um, honestly, because of the heat with the backstage, particularly with the Young Bucks. And... I, I see Nick, Nick's face. Yeah, Young Bucks and Colt Cabana. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty shitty. So middle low. JT, mid, and Nick. I don't know if I get a vote because that guy's the man. So I'm gonna say good. That's okay. Your your vote counts. All right. Yeah. So shut much, up, Rich. So we're pretty much on average. I'd say with that, a mid to maybe like sixty six percent good, like the upper mid category. Sean, go ahead, and then I think we'll move on to non-AEW stuff. Now, if all that's the case, then I would say a double turn between him and MJF would be for the best of the company. Because if you go back, babyface MJF works too. You go back to his not only the Long Island thing, but uh, after Punk uh, made the reference to, like, uh, making fun of him as a kid for visiting him or going to get his autograph and stuff. Like his whole his whole promo uh, to get the crowd to uh, sympathize for him worked. And honestly, like 
if that's the case, like, I, I don't see any reason why a babyface MJF would be bad for business. And a punk heel turn would help elevate him to be their their face of the company going forward. Sean, my only complaint is, like I mentioned earlier, who are your top heels? You guys complained earlier, oh, I'm tired of Chris Jericho. Oh, I'm tired of the JAS. I mean, oh, Adam Bowles Christian Cage is your other guy, right? But he has a story with Jungle Boy. And again, these are your two ex-former WWE guys. What about, I, that's why I feel like MJF should have been the staple main heel for this company. And you got plenty of other baby faces. What about Darby, guys? He's been put, put on the back burner with Sting and Nero. Like, guys, I, I just feel like MJF is our heel for the company. And this is just a total 180. I don't like it, but it, it seems like the crowd are going to eat it up with the whole drama. And I feel like very soon, everybody's going to start hating on Sam Punk. And I'm not one of them. He, he just, Darby just won a match. He just beat Brody in the coffin match. No, yeah, I know. But before that, what has Darby really been doing? Not that much. off shit. Getting tattoos. So again, I propose, who are your top heel guys? Who do you guys see being the top heels on? Jade Cargill. Thank you, Rich. Yeah, she's a heel, but I don't know. I feel like enough people like her. She's almost like a tweener, you know? Britt Baker. Britt Baker I, hasn't been on Britt, TV that much Britt either, wrestlers. right? Honestly, Adam Cole would work if they keep him away from Orange Cassidy and crew. But we've already seen Adam Cole in the title picture, and that was old news you know well transformation though oh god christ all right let's move on to uh rampage shall we um so we had claudio kick off the show and we had uh mr dustin rhodes come out and uh challenge uh claudio for the belt so uh we're gonna be having that uh, potentially going on here um we had ruby soho and ortiz backstage with lexi nair moving on uh, Swerve in Our Glory defeated Private Party for the tag belts. Um, let's see. We had the FTW title match between Hook and the Reality Zach Clayton, and that was a squash. Um, we had House of Blacks, Buddy Matthews versus Serpentico. And let's see. Uh, Buddy obviously won that, and it looks like Miro... Uh, came out after that match with uh, Malachi Black's mask, so uh, see what happens going down the line with that. And then Penelope Ford versus Athena. Uh, Athena uh, defeated Penelope in the match. And our main event uh, in the Trios title tournament quarterfinal, um, the Best Friends versus the Trustbusters. Not the Thrustbusters. Thrustbusters would be a better name, though. Uh, And... Best friends uh, won that match. So, guys, how are we feeling about that? Uh, Rampage is always the, the throwaway show. They actually put a little bit of effort in this, trying to, like, at least pace it. Have Claudio come out there with uh, Dustin Rhodes. But it's truly a throwaway show, in my honest opinion. Uh, Jade came and had a sledgehammer and destroyed Athena's gear thing and then yeah I mean uh, yeah it's 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 a throwaway for me I'm, I'm not excited to watch Rampage especially when there's spoilers yeah I mean it was 
mid as MJF would say. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait. Where's the button? Mid! There you go. Nick, go ahead. Unmute first, though. Thank you. Uh, um, uh, there's just the amount of time given to everything. It just was short and quick. It was like I was on TikTok, and every time I'd swipe up, there's just something like instant, right? Like the squash match, the Athena, everything was just so like, to me, it just felt like all smushed together. Like it was fine, but I swear to God, that man, Buddy Matthews, goddamn. He is a a star, and he gotta he's gotta be he that man, that man's a star. I I don't know about you guys, but that man needs a little little push. In my opinion, I think all House of Black needs push because they're just like all three of them are great. Obviously, they're who they face next week. The Dark Order in the in the thing. Yeah, in the trio. That's, that's what I'm worried about. <laughs> Yeah, both of I'm those sure. guys need a push. So who do they push more? I feel <sighs> like the House of Black is much more credible in a sense, but Dark Order also really, really hasn't had any sort of push lately. So um, I, I feel like all of us are going to be disappointed no matter what happens in that match because those six men that are going to be in that match, I mean, they all deserve it realistically. You know, maybe I I don't really think the Bucks and Kenny needed to be in this uh, tournament right away. Granted, this is kind of the reason why, you know, those are out to begin with. And even not having Adam Cole and Red Dragon in it, you know, um, missed opportunity with that. So that, I just wanted to throw that opinion in there. No, that, that's that's the exact reason why the Dark Orders in this whole thing is because Adam Cole and Red Dragon are hurt. Because it would have been the Young Bucks – and, and Kenny Omega versus Adam Cole and Red Dragons, and then Adam Cole and the Red Dragons would have been the trio's champion. So hopefully it is Dark Order. Um, Bucks and Omega don't need it. Um, best person in House of Black is Julia Hart, if you haven't seen her wrestle in Dark uh, Elevation. Um, her promo needs a lot of work, but at the end of the day, her fiery attitude on the YouTube show is great. We can move on to impact because that was so much better than rampage yes impact uh <laughs> rich myself brian and john all got to go to this show um so the first match and this was a fucking insane match uh trey miguel versus laredo kid versus ray horace versus black taurus in a fatal four-way match holy shit this was insane uh I'm just going to probably say, I'm pretty sure I said this is my favorite uh, favorite match by far. Um, Black Taurus ended up winning a match, but fuck. I, I can't even explain it. Like, you just had to be there. That's how incredible it was. Uh, Rich, you want to add? Yeah, if you have not seen the vlog, um, I believe there is the spot where Trey Miguel does the Hurricane Rana from inside the ring, outside of the ring. Man almost dies. But holy shit, this is Lucha. This was my favorite match of the night, too. I think we were all with with John and and Brian and, and your, you, Chad. This was probably our, our favorite. I'm not speaking for you, John. You can talk for your face out. But we were all lit for this match. Great match by far. 
next match we had Kenny King versus Heath, uh, in which Heath uh, had the win in this match. Uh, we had Honor No More uh, getting up on Heath after the match, and he ended up escaping, actually, like, right by us, I'm pretty sure, right? I think he has jumped over a guardrail or something and, and left Joey. I just want to bring acknowledgement that, especially on video watching it, um, that ref for sure botched that prior to the finish three count and Chad, Richie Buckets and Brian <laughs> were right on him so much so that in the video, there's the point where you see three gentlemen standing up yelling at the ref. I don't know what you said, but it was clearly visible and we said that was like yeah we were sitting there like he's a disappointed dad just looking after his kids was quite the funny sight to see i sent it in the group chat too so what did you say rich i'm sorry no but what we said was that was three because uh, yeah because it was literally it was clearly his hand smacked the mat too yeah like that is like go back to ref school or like just roll with it and say that's the finish because the same guy ended up winning a minute later yeah. That's all I got for that. I just wanted to acknowledge it. Yeah, I was pretty bad. I almost forgot about that. Um, we could see the count, but everybody on the opposite side could actually see his hand go down. So we were like, wait, what the fuck just happened? And then all hell broke loose and we started bitching about it. So uh, third match, we had Killer Kelly versus Savannah Evans. Uh, Killer Kelly won. Um, fourth match, Mike Bailey versus Chris Bay for the Impact X Division Championship. Uh, Mike Bailey retained. And next matchup, Eddie Edwards versus Sammy Callahan versus Moose versus Steve Macklin versus Rich Swan versus Bandito in a six-way elimination match. Um, the winner of this match will face Josh Alexander for the Impact title at Bound for Glory. Uh, this one was pretty wild as well. Uh, this one could have went anyway, like just with the amount of guys in this match. I mean, all of them were, were, were pretty big names. Uh, it was fun to see him kind of bicker back, back and forth. Uh, Moose had a couple uh, uh, funny spots in the match. Um, I think going back at it with uh, Rich Swan uh, and Macklin. Uh, and Eddie Edwards ended up winning this. I did not predict that. I didn't think Eddie Edwards would win, but he did. Um, and who did you prefer to win? Well, uh, obviously I wanted Bandito to win, but he's not a impact guy. So he right. was for sure not i kind of figured it it would have been um swan or callahan personally okay. i kind of figured one of those two would be the the winner rich uh, or jt you guys had any um anybody else in mind for that uh, to win that match yeah i mean if bandito was signed with impact it would have been him but ultimately i thought it was going to be rich Swan. uh eddie edwards definitely was surprised with honor no more like you know I don't know. It was it was weird, but JT. Yeah, I, I thought uh, Sammy Callahan was gonna win it. That was my number one pick. Then second pick was gonna be Bandito. Even if he's not an Impact guy, it would have been cool seeing oh, that yeah. championship back in like uh, AAA or whatever. So, uh, Joey. Going back to an earlier point, I've been a big fan of Killer Kelly since pretty much I think I first saw her in NXT UK or just regular. At- NXT. This girl owns her gimmick of just like being a tough girl. The mouth guards and ponytails are ready to go. And she's just ready to fight all the time. The fact that it's taking her this long to be on a main show can hopefully consistently 
in my opinion, is a travesty. So Killer Kelly getting more TV time is somebody to keep an eye on, in my opinion. I think within a year, if all goes well, she could easily be the Impact champion because that girl is legit and she just owns it. And I, and, I, and I feel like no one's really as like tough or as serious and plays it so well as her. We were talking about Ronda's promos feeling forced. Um, while Killer Kelly hasn't really talked that much on Impact yet, she's someone that feels authentic. So I'm happy to see her get some shine. That was her first match, right, Joey? No, I think no? Was second. It it's no. like only her third week, I think, in the company. But yeah. Cool. Guys, I just want to add, hey, I'm happy that you guys had a good time on Saturday. Um, yeah, I caught the uh, the vlog and man, you guys had a blast. JT, man, you guys are you guys are savages out there. Dude, <laughs> hey, we were starting I... so many chants. JT was on top of shit. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, I just want to say it's funny to see Brian saying that he hates honor no more and then he's like oh actually you know what i do like honor no more and then hates him at the end of the night <laughs> he did the same thing with bullet club too and he's like no 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 actually the the newer talent i like <laughs> hey jt how many times did brian turn face and heel that night oh my god oh my five god. times. Oh, he's he like was, big he show flipping. right <laughs> definitely flipping and then oh the my god i caught him Go ahead, the, first, the first match um, with with the women, it was uh, Rosemary versus who? Who was it? Um, God, but I, Jessica you know, Havoc. Is that her name? No, it had to have been like Diana or Chelsea Green or, or no, 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 no. It was a singles match. It was a singles match. Uh, anyway, that we, part, I don't think that was part of this episode. Yeah, I think it's for oh, it was, it was before. It was, yeah. Oh, oops. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll edit. We'll edit that out. Uh, Spoilers. Uh, I was gonna mention. Oh, sorry, did. Rich. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, I, I was gonna I mention deserve, but... from the vlog's viewpoint. Um, it looked like that fatal four-way was later on in the show, and that was the first match that we got this week on Impact. Is that how it went? Which one? The um... fatal four-way match. Was that later on in the show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was later on the show. Well. Yeah, because they've done a lot of taping, so there, right, there were yeah. two shows. So that this were... was the second show. So this show that played this week was the second show we saw. Okay. So That's whatever awesome. else Rich is talking about was actually the first match, which is probably this week. Yeah. I so, don't know. I was yeah. confused by that too. I'm like, wait a minute. That's why These I totally like wanted at the to end of the night. Yeah. yeah. So we tried so, yeah. not to totally spoil that, but okay. Yeah. Sorry, y'all. Um. That looks like that's next week, according to their Twitter. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, great, great time with Impact. Again, thank you, Bobby, for having us see the light. Um, hell of a time. It's one of the, well, for this year, our, I would say a consensus, our favorite event that we've gone to. And we still got four months, so we'll see we, uh, what the rest of the uh, remaining months have for us, right? Got a uh, big week coming up here, two weeks, well, week and a half, basically. Well, we do have NWA. They have a show next week. Probably not many of us going to be catching it. But then the week after that, that's the week for you guys. Where's NWA at? Um, NWA. St. Louis again. It's yeah. been at St. Louis the last couple of years. Uh, Joe, is it number 74? Yes. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Hey, Bob, I think it's time for a uh, chef's kiss. Would you agree? Is it that time? All yes, right. chef. Let's yes, go chef and let's run it this week. Joey, let's go. Let's start with you, buddy. What uh, what was your chef kiss for this week? So my chef's kiss for this week, and we've done where like a person, Jeff Jarrett, for instance, has had a great week. He didn't have a great week this week, though, unfortunately. Um, 
But Toxic Attraction, in my opinion, had an excellent overall week, all three members specifically. Um, we mentioned earlier about the women, um, JC Jane and Gigi Dolan, getting that final spot, that NXT representation in the tag title slot. And the Montreal crowd was great all night. And these two ladies in probably the biggest crowd that they've wrestled in front of, to my knowledge, they're pretty young in the business too. They walked out there with the swagger and confidence during their entrance. Like they've been in front of these crowds their whole life. NXT crowds are pretty small. Maybe at the same size as the impact crowd we were at last week. And these girls didn't lose a step. There was one minor botch by Gigi during the match that Sonya helped cover up. But besides that, they owned it. JC Jane especially was just doing great character work, ended up winning. Their facials were excellent. Everything about these two girls during that match, they did not look like rookies out there, in my opinion. And the fact that that was their first big TV match, big chef's kiss to that. Mandy Rose. Specifically, I thought that this was her best match I've ever seen from her. And there was minimal interference. Like the other two girls were kicked out pretty early on in that match. And Bob or others can jump in. I don't know if I've seen a finish involve this before. We've seen the classic where it's been, you know, somebody has brass knuckles and the other guy gets it and boom, big punch. But I've never seen it with a knee brace before where somebody's knee brace is used against them later on by somebody. JT, hop in if you've seen that before. Yeah, I don't think I, think I have. During the uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano feud, right? But yeah. to, I know the crutch was a big one for that. I, did Johnny put on Ciampa's uh, knee brace at one point? You guys remember? So like five years the, ago. The, the crutch was a big thing, but I don't know yeah. if the knee brace was used by Johnny per se, like on Dude, his knee. Joey, I, I have this weird memory. I feel like JT's on a, yeah, I feel like it was the brace that he used. It wouldn't I'm, shock me. It wouldn't shock me, but I mean, five years though is the earliest we can think of. And so for the ladies to pull this out and Zoe sell, sell the, sold the hell out of that shot at the end to lose the match. So great job by all three girls in pretty prime position. So I'm look, I'm happy that they're getting that shine. Bob, what about you? Well, Joey, actually, I'm going to keep it with the NXT theme this week, guys. That's um, NXT Shocker. had um, a theme show this week. It was NXT Heatwave. He wave uh, a pay-per-view theme or a theme itself that we've seen in the past with the ECW moniker. Um, and th- this week's opening intro had vo- uh, Paul Heyman voicing it. And I just thought, man, that's awesome. You brought back Paul Heyman to voice the opening intro to a pay-per-view that he used to run every year. And he's putting over the young talent. So that was my uh, chef kiss of the week, having Paul come in do the voice for the opening package for NXT Heatwave. Um, we also have a combo this week. And Joey, what's our combo for this week? It involves the tag team, right? Kind of, yeah, kind of a good follow-up from the prior week where we're advocating for more tag teams. We had the tag team girls earlier. Um, the Miz and Ciampa match against Cedric and Mustafa Ali. Yeah. I thought this was an excellent match and the chemistry between these guys, which maybe Miz and Champa have been teaming on the house circuit reels. I don't know, but for their first televised match, I thought that this was excellent. All four guys, Cedric and Ali, I don't know if they've been teaming maybe on main event, but for the first big time teaming for both sides, they did really good. And we've been talking about one of the bulls for the tag team division. You don't do it with hit row. 
you do it with these guys specifically. That's just my perspective. I thought they did a great job. Champa with the drop, the low drop kicks multiple times during the match. And Miz has always done better when he's had a partner, somebody to play off of. Morrison, the B team, Maurice, even his wife. And so Champa to be able to get this out of Miz, who's normally a pretty, I'd say only passable wrestler to get more out of him. The tag team division, I think, is coming into potentially a new renaissance with these teams and the added emphasis on championships. It's been the singles mid-card titles. Let's get those tag titles some shine and hopefully break them apart. Bob, what do you have to add on to that? I absolutely agree with you, Joey. I thought, uh, guys, we got to see Mustafa Ali and Cedric, two guys that we normally see. I mean, they kind of pushed Mustafa a couple months back, but that that was because, hey, he was coming to his hometown, and I just feel like WWE was kind of giving him a bone. But now that Vince is out of the picture, Triple H is in, he's going to go ahead and he's going to put Ali and Cedric on TV, which is great. I'm happy to see the pairing. Um, not only that, they've been great on, I remember back in the day when they were on 205 Live, um, I, I caught a couple episodes and, and, and man, those boys were turning it up. So happy to see them on TV. They look happy now. They don't look just like, oh, we're going through the motion. They look happy. Uh, the Miz and Ciampa, it's a weird teaming, but um, maybe it's character development for, for Ciampa. Um, that's just how I'm looking at it. It's weird. I would prefer if Johnny would come in. But Triple H would have to throw in some money for uh, for Johnny to come in, uh, so we'll see. Um, but again, it's, at least it's a tag team, and they look like a tag team. They got the uniforms uh, again. Some one thing that I brought in the past, like these guys look gotta look more like a tag team. At least the Miz and Champa look like a tag team, and the women's tag tournament. Again, I wasn't too optimistic about it, but this week with Oscar and Alexa Bliss uh, against Dewdrop and Nikki Cross, Nikki Ash, Nikki Cross. Um, I thought it was a good match. And then uh, nice to see Toxic Attraction getting the call up and being involved in, in this tag tournament because I mentioned it looked like a bunch of women thrown together. Toxic Attraction have not been thrown together. They've been teaming for a whole year now. They've actually were former NXT Women's Tag Team Champion. Two times. Two times. Thank you, Joey. Um, so I'm happy that they got this opportunity. And, yeah, it's going to be a new landscape for the tag team division in WWE. And I'm, 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 I'm all for it. But before Richie Buckets gives his, one thing I want to add on, Bob, is that even though, for instance, Cedric and Ali didn't have matching gear, they have such a similar flair and style. I think in terms of 205 Live, the two biggest baby faces that stuck out from that show were were Cedric and Ali. And as far as heels, it was, I think, Buddy Murphy and, of course, Pac. And Tony Nese. Tony Nese as well. I, I, I think he's really kind of been wasted for a long time comparatively yeah. speaking um he, he does his role well but teaming up those guys that don't have much to do in a tag team i think is, is going to pay dividends richie buckets go ahead with a potential chef's kiss or a response to ours no yeah I, your, your chef's kiss was impeccable Mwah, uh, fine cuisine so my chef's kiss is you know from the g1 you know who won the G1? Tell us, Weatherman. I wonder who it is. So, if you have an opportunity to watch this absolute banger of a match, my boy, Kazuchiku Akata, is a G1 winner. Did you hear that? Oh, ka, duh. Okada! Oh, it's drizzling here. Ah, duh. Rainmaker! 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 
my boy won the G1. Happy for him. He's also on paternity leave. So props to him and his wife for giving, you know, bringing in his newborn son into the world. So he's on paternity leave. Uh, we will see him in the near future, but great that he gets to have opportunity to be with his family. Um, happy for Okada, went into G1, and that is my chef's kiss. Uh, go see this match between him and Will Ospreay. Um, we're not going to call the baby Drizzle, Joey. <laughs> Had to do it. I, I know you did, but that is my my chef's kiss. Um, does anyone else have a chef's kiss before we go to a bone to pick? Uh, well, I was going to just add a few notes about the punk promo. Uh, yeah, yeah, just a couple yeah, of, uh, a couple of quotes that I guess would maybe qualify for me. Um, our, obviously, uh, anytime you make fun of cowboy shit, I'm going to say something about it. It's when he called, uh, hangman coward shit for not, uh, for not coming out or not being a true champ, you know, when he was spewing all that, that shit up. Like bone to pick. Uh, no, not even. I thought it was funny. I like when they do shit like that, especially when it's against my own guys. I'm like, okay, you know, that was pretty solid. You know, you gotta kind of, you have to, uh, you have to understand that. Um, when he called Mox the third best guy in his group and said it's a reoccurring theme in his career, uh, that was a pretty solid zinger. And uh, he had a couple other callbacks to like WWE days. I think he said uh, Eddie Kingston's the second or third best Kingston. He's been in a uh... second best Kingston and the third best Eddie, which I know he's referring to Eddie Guerrero there, but I don't know what other Eddie he's referring to. Maybe Eddie Edwards. I'm not sure, but Kingston's obviously Kofi. Yeah. Um, and then before Mox had even entered the ring, when he started playing, uh, wild thing. He's like, oh, it's gonna be a while. I'm just gonna sit here and do snow angels in the ring like a, just a total asshole. He's doing snow angels, and then at the part in the song where it says groovy, he's like, groovy in the microphone. Like, I, I just thought that was some heel shit I liked, so chef's kiss for that. Cool. Punk doing the thing. Hey, we Joey, I agree just... With it, oh, but, sorry, Chad. Whatever. I just want to add, uh, the other Eddie, from what I heard, was uh, Eddie Fatu, which, for you guys who don't know, that's Umaga. Umega. Excellent choice. Yeah. Carry on, guys. RP. Oh, I think uh, Mox kissed Eddie uh, Punk as well before they started going at it. He did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he pulled an Effie. Uh, that was funny. Buddy, come on. Get you. Come on. <laughs> I was like, did he do that? I was like, oh, okay. Punk didn't like it. All right. Move on. Anybody else before I start saying some more stupid shit? Are we on bone to pick now to clarify? Yes, we're on bone to pick now. Richie Buckets, I, I think you got something to add. Go ahead, buddy. Uh, my bone to pick, I mean, it's always a reoccurring theme. Uh, Miss Juliet, I hope your wife wins the title. But, yeah, you, you need to get uh, social media so that we control you. But we can't. But in all honesty, my, my true bone to pick is the picture in picture. And then when it goes from picture to picture to a regular ass commercial, what's up with that? I, I think it's like in like the second to last segment, like before it's like, yeah, it's a picture in picture. And then it goes into full fledged commercials. What the hell is that, Tony Khan? What the hell is that? That's, that's, that's my bone to pick for, for this week. Um, that's it. All right, well, my bone to pick 
was the ending of the tag match on Dynamite. So I don't know if you guys remembered trios, um, the trios or yeah, yeah, trios with Kenny Omega. So I don't know if you guys remembered um, towards the ending, uh, Roosh and Andrade were about to uh, slide in, and they got the weak ass looking young bucks pulling them, <laughs> and Andrade and Roosh are super strong guys. <laughs> I don't know. It's just something it's a little nitpicking, but I just thought it was kind of funny, and that's my bone to pick. It's all about the details, bro. Joey, I have two bones to pick. Both involve the treatment of championship titles. Firstly, NXT slash NXT UK. When Tyler Bates showed up to confront Braun Breaker, Braun being the NXT, I guess general or US champion. Bate was holding the NXT UK title. Someone took a guess as to how many days Bate has been champion already at that point. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're in the negatives. Negative uh, he, so he's in real life held at 40 days. In reality, the match where he won the title hasn't even aired. So they, I just don't get that. I get you want to promote Heat Wave or um, Worlds Collide, but then don't have him with the title. And when you're building to the match or him confronting their champion, say, I'm going to try to win the belt next week on NXT UK. Yes, we know it's kayfabe, but just use it to build it up more. Don't essentially negate two to three weeks of your show where you're having some sort of tournament or matches to crown the new champion and just be all peace here ready over potentially a month in advance. Little things like that just bug me. Secondly, involving championships. Someone take a wild guess that before Clash of the Castle, where the IC belt's going to be defended on pay-per-view, the main card, guess when the last time the IC title has been on a pay-per-view and who the champion was? Ooh. Um, I know the answer, but I'm curious. I'm going to guess. Mania 37. Who was the champion, though, Bob? Shinsuke? I don't know. Nope. Big E or Apollo? It, it, it was the Big E and Apollo Crews feud. That's a while ago before what's wow. called the Workman's title was defended on the main card of a pay-per-view. That is over a year, and that's pathetic. And AEW, sadly, is seeming to do this a bit with their TNT title. A couple times when Sammy was the champion, he wasn't defending it. He was in Jericho group stuff or six-man matches. And now... Wardlow, when the pinnacle hasn't really been a thing for at least half a year, if not more, he's randomly teaming with FTR to face Lethal's crew. Not Love only Lethal's that, crew. not Go only ahead. that, Joey, but they're calling themselves the pinnacle still. I know. And that's why, yeah. So six months without being pinnacle, probably more than that, honestly. And you're having Wardlow, who w- was on the biggest like crowd natural baby face push ever. And they've tr- done that terribly, I think, since he beat MJF and won the title. But now at the first really big pay-per-view since being champion, he's not defending the title. Put Brody King in there to have him have a big Hossman match with. Put him against Powerhouse Hobbs, maybe, or somebody else. Having him in a six-man, just so he can get that one shot of powerbombing Satnam Singh, to me is a waste and devalues that title. So do better with championships and then being respected that's my bone to pick with multiple companies when uh when is that six-man match joey is that it's it all out 
Oh, it is at All Out. His first pay-per-view since being champion. Fuck. And I he's thought, not defending the belt. I thought they would have done that on Dynamite or Rampage and say it's it's and scheduled Jay. for All Out. Fuck. I didn't realize yep. that. That's okay. No. Bone to pick. Title's sure better. That. Yeah, that's bad. Yep. Any other bones to pick? Uh, mine would just be ranking systems in general, like we complain about every other week. Um, just Chad, I'm kind of curious. Um, before Richie Buggets goes, what do you? And you might have alluded to this earlier, but more bluntly, what do you think about the Hangman and Punk scenario? As the biggest Hangman fan, this side of the Mississippi well, River. Well, I think Sean's right. If you're going to spew some shit out there, you you better learn to accept it, and you know except that it will be receded at some point in time. Honestly, though, I feel like Punk's just being uber sensitive um, in this whole case of things, uh, at least when it comes to the Hangman deal. Like, you know, none of the – so they say they do all their own promos and shit, and it's not scripted. So if it was just right off the bat on TV, I mean, you know, maybe talk about it after the fact. But we're talking about comments that were made – two, three months ago, right? You know, after Punk had won the belt. and well, Honestly, it. did Punk have all that much time to even respond to it at that time? Because they had their match and then pretty much he got injured. So He got like, injured doing stupid shit in a yeah, trio. Yeah, driving into the crowd. Yeah, so realistically, yes. But at the same sense, it just didn't make any sense granted hangman is the number one contender going back to my previous statement why the rankings don't mean shit right now because hangman hasn't really he hasn't had a singles match in god knows how long granted i'd love for him to be in the title picture but i don't, I don't know see man. work now but yeah punk. like now that he called them out when we've also got mox you know as the interim champ so are, it's, are they rushing something for All Out? I mean, I feel like... I think ha- all signs point to MJF for yeah. me. I think Tony Khan wants to make it the biggest buy rate for pay-per-view buys as best he can. So he's going to stack it. But how are they going to do that in two weeks, though? That's what doesn't make sense to me. So they can, buy in, they can buy into this whole hangman punk deal if, you know, if punk does, obviously um retain the belt and unify the belt um what does he do the following week i mean does hangman get a, te- a, a technically a, a rematch so to speak i know i don't think they really have a rematch clause in <clears throat> aew and if so how does mjf interject himself in that because realistically mjf would be the one screwing over punk honestly if punk's MJF- not the champ if if he gets screwed over how does that work? You know, MJF then, tech. go ahead. Well, oh. I was also adding the fact that now with this whole punk being the heel scenario that Bobby was also talking about, which would kind of make MJF the face in a sense. And now we have MJF or I'm sorry, we've got uh, FTR uh, and Wardlow calling themselves a pinnacle. So it kind of there's like three different things here that are like in my mind going to like yeah. MGF coming back and it's just all ass backwards to me. I, like, yeah, but honestly, I think out of anyone who's stuck in this predicament, uh, MGF is probably in the most advantageous position because uh, considering his promo didn't really point towards any 
which way direction wise he could interject himself in any scenario really sort of like a party crasher type uh thing like rather than aiming it towards any one individual he's aiming it towards the company as a whole but the biggest party crasher would be fucking with punk in chicago while he's the champ or in a title match so that's why if they're going to do something so maybe it'll happen the following week maybe in chicago but then so, again if they do give him well. something these rankings don't mean shit again because <laughs> mjf is jumping the line when we have five other people according to last week that are there and i'll read off who's well i already read them off hangman's number one hobbs is number two garcia is three uh jay lethal four and darby's five so how the fuck does this work like i, I i'm glad you're so using aggravating your like you know it doesn't work Right. So we're just going to have to get rid of the bullshit ranking system altogether because yeah. if you're just implement MJF into this whole title defense, then you got to be like, Hangman's like, okay, what the fuck? Uh, I just got called out last week. Um, so where's my title shot? Powerhouse Hobbs, I understand that he's having a feud with Ricky Starks. So he's, he's preoccupied with that. And then, like everybody else that you said, like they're already in other feuds. So we're just going to implement MJF into this whole title card because he was pissed off at the company because he didn't get paid a lot of money. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you paid me now. Now put me in fucking main event at All Out so I can beat CM Punk. And then I can become the pinnacle again because we're always on top. All that bullshit. As much what a as phenomenal I- MJF impression, by the way, Rich. <laughs> well, I'm going to be Rich Dollars at, at All Out and I'm going to mark the fuck out when he does come out. But at the end of the day, it doesn't make sense. And my other bone to pick is just the damn themes. I know you're getting paid by all of these different companies, but nothing has to be House of Dragons. We don't have to keep adding dragon things. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. That's Dragon Tales, Dragon Cereal. Like, what are we selling Dragon here? Slayer. Yeah, yeah. Like, what are we selling Dragon here? Dragon. This is why we're not getting a million people watching your thing. I think Ultimo that's Dragon. My, that's my rant. Super <laughs> Dragon. I love MJF. Dragon, Dragon Lee. Yeah. Tony <laughs> Khan. I don't know what that's my bone pick. Tony Khan, what are you doing? That's it. All right, guys. I just want to say before we wrap up here. Um, again, what do you guys how does MJF get involved in the situation after the last time we saw him? He told Tony Khan to fucking fire him. So how again, none of it makes sense to me. I'm leaving it up to you guys so I can make sense to it. If not, right now I'm looking like Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia connecting the fucking dots, being fucking excellent fun. meme. <laughs> Bob, I, Bob, it, it's wrestling. Buy a ticket. Oh, buy Joey, a ticket. Joey, if that's the um, fucking answer, I can say that for every other excuse out there or every other comp. Exactly. Or, but sometimes it doesn't have to be that complicated. Just yeah. buy He's a just ticket. He's just asking us how we would do it. It doesn't make sense, but. At the end of the day, I think what Tony Khan knows is that, like, the longer he keeps MJF off TV, the less uh, impactful oh, his Sean, return no, I agree be. with you on that. Keeping him off TV, smart. And but he's going to come back as a baby. We boy. all know Tony Khan's one of the worst bookers in television. So I'm, I'm not, not according to a wrestler that. observer. He's he a is yeah. number one. Well, Dave Meltzer's the biggest AEW mark there is. 
But still, if that is a credible wrestling news source, he is two-time winner of Book of the Year. Go ahead, Joey. I, I think it really just comes down to like, he's really in that sweet spot zone right now of how long he's been gone. It hasn't been too short. If he doesn't show up back at all out, I, I think then it will, to use my typical phrase, jump the shark in terms of being, thank you, Chad, in terms of being too long. That's what I'm going to say. All out, perfect sweet spot. Anything more? Nah. uh So at, at the end of the day, we're still going to enjoy it because we're going to be at the damn show. Oh, so, yeah, 100%. Yeah. But it's like, like, so doesn't we mean can... we're not going to bitch about it. I'm, yeah, I, we I, I love start... to bitch yeah. about it. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we're still going to enjoy it. I'm going to dress up as Rich Dollars. I'm going to be fly for all out. And then you're just going to have to watch the vlog. Um, I guess I can take us home. Sure. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and gun, uh, boys and girls, children of all age. Boys and good. guns. Yeah. Crossbusters of all ages. Gun club. Gun club. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's, let's restart that. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to episode eight of Do The Move podcast. If you haven't done so already, please make sure you hit that subscribe button to be updated on all content related to Do The Move. We are here on Twitch. We are here on Twitter. We're here on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We got the Snapchat. Will we ever use the Snapchat? We don't know. We have TikTok. Will we have it? We don't know. Uh, follow us on YouTube. Uh, be up to date on everything. And... As always, we say do the move. So for Joey, Chad, Sean, JT, Bobby, I'm Richie Bucket. And what do we do, gentlemen? Do the move! Do the move! Se puede! Peace out, everybody. <laughs>